Yes, cause you're only a man And a man's got to learn to take it Try to believe Though the going gets rough That you got a hand tough to make it Welcome to the Love Sport Podcast. My name's Paul, your host. We'll be joined by Sean and John. And in this podcast, we're going to talk about our 10 favourite sports people of all time. I want to make it clear it's our 10 favourite, not who we're saying are the 10 greatest of all time. That's another conversation altogether. Welcome to the Love Sport Podcast. A special podcast tonight on the Love Sports Network. We are... We don't have any idea what each other has chosen, but we're going to be talking about our top 10 sports people of all time, whether it's now or in the past. We have no parameters on it. So could be your favourite, could be the best, doesn't really matter. So we'll take it in turns for each of our uh, people. So it should be, you never know, it could be the same uh, or there could be 30 different sports stars. So we'll fly through it. Sean, we're going to start with you, mate. Um, name one of your top 10 uh, sporting players of all time. Well, this is in no order, um, but the, the the first one I've gone for is uh, Marvellous Marvin Hagler. Oh, I love it. Uh, basically, because he was just an absolute genius. Uh, Twelve defences on the bounce uh, in an era when it was, in an era when they were absolute greats. You know, absolute greats. Um, and a weight position uh, as well that's so competitive as well. Absolutely. You know, Tommy Hearns, Duran, you name it, he fought them all. And the, the, the best story of the lot was, I, I, used to, I used to love the boxing as a kid. I used to love the boxing as a kid. And uh, I used to listen to it on Radio 2 in the UK. And um, Hagler, fought Matt, uh, Hagler fought a guy called Alan Minter uh, when he won the title. And, uh, and, and there was a famous quote from Minter in the build-up to the fight, you know, saying, no black man is going to take my title. And uh, I think that, that ranks up there in the uh, least advised statements of all time. Um, and to say Hagler, Hagler dismantled, dismantled him with the technique of a surgeon. He, he, he just beat him up. He, you know, the old-fashioned beat-up dismantled him and uh, and I'll never forget because he, he, he knocked I think he knocked him out in about four rounds and then there was a there was an almighty riot at the Wembley Arena and there's bottles of flying in and everything like that but uh, to, to me he's my all-time favorite boxing hero I think he he, he was mugged off by uh, he was mugged off uh, by the great man I thought he won that fight and uh, but he'll, he'll do for me. He's a he was an absolute hero. Great, great fighter. Well, it's I know I'm saying preface because you've already started, but we'll preface this by saying that we are a bit of an older uh, crowd, the three of us, and most of the people we're going to talk about tonight. I'm presuming there's going to be some fantastic YouTube clips. So if anyone gets interested in any of the people we're talking about, I definitely recommend getting on YouTube and having a look. Because... Most of mine are in most of mine are in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's, including Alan Munter. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a really good point that it's a really good point I think that we're making there is that we and we talk about it every week. We become victims of uh, recency bias 
And when you go back and have a look at some of these sports people and you get some of the clips on YouTube and stuff, it makes you really appreciate how good these guys were. So in saying that, that is a fantastic start. And uh, what about you there, Johnny? Well, I've got to say that I, I tried to put mine in order and I sent I sent you a message today. So I spent most of – I had four classes in a row today, so I had nothing but teaching and a supervision on uh, playground duty and that. And all I could think of was my top ten. <laughs> and I was – I was turning back and forward, and I actually, I, I thought, okay, I've got to be inclusive of uh, all genders and races, and it's really hard. But like, I can only go with people who spoke to me. And my number ten is, I think, my only Indigenous athlete on the list. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of my absolute favourite um, uh, Australian footballers of all time is Daryl White. Oh, yeah, fantastic! I'm a Brisbane Bears fan. You know, there's a lot of people who follow the Brisbane Lions who always go, um, I was always a Lions fan, you know, <laughs> Fitzroy. And that, but, but I wasn't. I was hanging out Carrara and doing all that sort of crap. We were absolute shit. Is that, with a, is that with a dad good dog, Joe? Uh, well, it usually got too wet to even buy one. They usually, yeah. Or they'd run out because the catering at Carrara was a joke. But, <laughs> you know, I love Daryl White and um, he's had great long arms. He could do anything. He was laconic. He didn't do anything all the time, so quite a lot. It sometimes he did nothing. I think he played, you know, 250 games for the for the Bears and the Lions. Played in all three premierships. He's an absolute legend. Great man, awesome athlete, and a great Indigenous guy. And I think you said the word. I think you said the word laconic. I mean, he, he he definitely couldn't have been laconic in terms of being in that team. And it was a tough period, the early two thousands. But he came across that way, didn't he? He glided. He looked like he had more time as as the greats do. He just seemed to, and, and had a very very different kicking style, where he almost placed he the did. ball onto the foot. So I don't think he was typical of what people envisage an uh, an indigenous AFL player to be. He wasn't small because he played a lot in the ruck. No, he was tall. And he was a backup ruck as well. And and uh, he was just a, a great, great player. I, I really always I – like, I like the guys who have a massive X factor and he really had one. And, and a great uh, a great advocate for the uh, forgotten long sleeve brigade. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got my long sleeve jumper right <laughs> looking at me right here. And he might be the first of – one of the absolute really first of the great Brisbane Bears players who was a – played all of his football just for that club, wasn't brought in from anywhere. No, um, I, think, I couldn't I, think of another. I think you did set right there. That's it. Uh, mm. Both both come out with a great start there. Um, I have to go to a player that um, got me into the NFL, like really got me into the NFL. And, um, you know, if you look at records, which we're not really doing, you can do whatever you want tonight. But just what he brought to a franchise that hasn't done a lot in the NFL, and that's Dan Marino. Uh, quarterback for the Dolphins, just just a lot, held so many records for so many years and had a really poor team, let's be honest, but just loved the game, always had a smile on his face. And if you get the chance, have a look at, um, it's not a documentary about him per se, but if you have a look at uh, El Wader Marino, which is a basically uh, ESPN 30 for 30 that talks about how John Elway and his dad um, basically shaped where he was going to go. Um it's a really interesting. It just shows how far um, down the pecking order Dan Marino fell. Well, tell you what, Paul. Front of him. Tell you what, Paul. As well, I think I think what people don't forget, uh, sometimes forget is as there been a as there been a better coach quarterback uh, uh, pairing than Coach Shuler and uh, Dan Marino. 
that 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 didn't win a Super Bowl. Though, but do, do, in general, though, you know what 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 a couple of bloody greats they were. Oh, I mean, obviously yeah, people are going to go to Belichick and Brady, but um, yeah, they mm-hmm. they were and and a slightly better team and they win a Super Bowl or two. But what an error that was when you've got one of the greatest quarterbacks who couldn't win a Super Bowl. How good was that error of NFL? Oh, absolutely. Well, you and I, Paul, we listen to a lot of NFL media and and you know when they talk quarterbacks, that's when they get real serious. And it doesn't matter what the order is or the picket or the discussion or whatever. Marino's the only guy who really falls into those lists of the all-time greats who sits at the top table without a ring. It hurts, mate, and it must hurt him all the time. But as a, as a Finns fan and, and uh, Tua Tonga Valoa is with us now, and well, he's already got bad injuries. We've spoken about that before. So, Dan Marino, just look at his highlights and uh, you will see pure passing at its absolute fine. I think one other thing on him, I think he turned Britain on, and Sean, you'd know better than me, I think he actually turned Britain on to the NFL. Well, what happened, John and Paul, was uh, early early part of the 80s, 1980s, uh, a new channel came on the UK called Channel 4. And Channel 4 had, a, had an hour show of uh, NFL each week. And it was to a, to a, to a 16, you know, how old was I at the time? 15-year-old kid, loved NFL. I used, to, I used to, this is how sad I was at the time. You know the old Armed Forces radio that was broadcast to Germany? I love that in. I got that in Newcastle myself at my tune, nana's house. I used to tune into the Armed Forces radio on a Sunday night. Yeah, and it was like it was great. it was spellbinding. It was spellbinding, and yeah. Jan Stenerud and all that. You know, kicked a field goal Brilliant. from sixty-five yards or something like that. In and it, it, uh, it was just, it was just, it was just a golden age. Golden age. And, we we uh, were lucky enough to have. Um, we were lucky enough in Australia to have uh, Don Wayne, who had a successful, an American who had a successful kind of one of those first guys who had the late-night TV shows. He basically yeah. put into his contract that he wanted NFL, um, an NFL show. So we basically ended up growing up with uh, Don Lane doing an hour-and-a-half highlights of the NFL. He was a, he was a trailblazer, just, Don Lane. Absolutely. He just one hour of highlights, and they would go with the, you know, the countdown at the end. I've still got my VHS videos of recording those, 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 those nights, and... And then we, 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 me and my two little brothers who were tiny at the time, we'd re-watch them over and over again. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, know, you, I'll tell you an, image that sticks, an image that sticks in my mind. I don't know if you remember, guys, but I think it was a Miami Dolphin player. Remember when he got hit and he, and he did the 360 degrees in the air? Do you remember that oh, one? Did yeah. you ever see that? Oh, my. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I and he scored the touchdown. Didn't he land on his feet? Yeah, I, I, it, was, it was just it was as astonishing. Astonishing. It was just amazing. And uh, I'll never forget the first time I went to Wembley Stadium was, because uh, obviously the leagues didn't get there in those days, but first time I went to Wembley Stadium was the Dallas uh, Chicago Bears with the fridge against wow. the Dallas Cowboys. And it was like, whoa, how good is this? <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. fridge. Yeah, oh, two, two teams not followed at all. We got, we got nine uh, sporting stars each to go here, boys. So, um, John, <laughs> John, I'm going to come back to you, mate. Uh, your next one up off the bat. Oh, I've got my... All right. Well, because I, I, I said I really struggled to get the, um, the top 10, I've got a tie at nine so I could fit an extra in. So we don't have to spend too long on them. But my tie at nine is... Mick Doohan and Quade Cooper. Oh, okay. They couldn't be more different. I didn't want to leave either of them out. Mick Doohan, I, I've got an incredible amount of respect for the guys on the um, on the motorbikes. And 
he was the only person in the history of motorsport who made me seriously sit up and have to watch everything. And on my wedding night, we watched the Australian Grand Prix. Now, I would never would have thought that would happen at Philip Island, but we did, and it was fantastic. Consummating the marriage at 300 kilometres an hour. How good is that? <laughs> it was. And Quake, Cooper, Quake Cooper, I, I, look, I know the guy gets a lot of heat, um, but, you know, every, I'm, I wear my heart in my sleeve. I'm a... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Hello. John, you're wearing your heart on your sleeve, but you may have dropped out there, mate. I think he's pulled his heart out. <laughs> Am I back? You're back, son. You're back. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he shone so bright for Queensland for a couple of years, and I thought that one of the saddest things I've ever seen in sport was the absolutely diabolical way that all the woke New Zealanders treated him during the World Cup. And I've got lots of friends who are Kiwis involved in rugby, and I let them know all the time that, you know, that was one of the great, you know, we, we talk about bullying and sport in the stands. Yeah. The way he was treated in that New Zealand World Cup was an absolute disgrace. Hey, the guy was born in New Zealand. How many blokes play for the um, play in New Zealand who aren't born there? We're both countries of migrants. Yeah, exactly. And, and, but what a player and, and probably one of the only reasons for many of us that we went and saw the Reds uh, in the 2000s was to see, you know, the, Quaid was going to do, uh, he was going to do what he wanted. He would, he would attack from the end goal. And I just I absolutely adore guys who take risks. So it's a really good choice for both of those. Yeah. And he never tackled, which was, well, he could tackle and he was actually quite strong, but he chose not to at different times. No, exactly right. <laughs> well, I'm going to jump in there because I did the same as you and I cheated on one, but I'm going to put him in as a combined act there. Um, I'm a New York Mets fan, so obviously many teams I choose are absolutely, you know, I won't put the word in there, but I just fell in love with the Mets <laughs> and um, Dwight Gooden and, and Doc, uh, sorry, Doc and uh, Daryl Strawberry. Um, could have could have won world, you know, so many world yeah, series yeah. for the yeah, for yeah. the Mets. I absolutely love those two for so many reasons. One of the one of the great thirties for thirties. Oh, sensational thirty for thirty! And uh, if you want to know about prioritising partying over winning world titles, those two <laughs> there. But um, they were everything I loved about baseball at the time. They were showy, they were skilled, and they were winners. So they they I'm going to put those two in together. Uh, Shawnee, you're up there, mate. Well, I've, I've, I've got a bit of a mixed bag, but I'm going big guns to start with. Uh, my next one would be Michael Johnson. Uh, talking of gliding, you know, Darryl, oh. the, the, the great Daryl White uh, used to glide across the sur- surface. But uh, Usain Bolt, obviously, was a toss-up between Michael Johnson and Usain Bolt. Yeah. Um, to me, as I was sort of growing up, I was growing up, um, uh, Michael Johnson was just poetry in motion. He was. He just glided. He just. He looked as if he was out for an afternoon jog. Uh, he had that very upright, that very upright stance. He looked as if he was jogging, and 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 he is the to, to me one of the greatest athletes of all time. And uh, what what you know we we I don't think I know as I say Usain Bolt absolute freak astonishing athlete. I don't think we'll ever see another Michael Johnson. I thought he was astonishingly good. Yeah, I absolutely concur. And one of the most pure running, such a pure running style that it, it looked weird. It was so pure that it looked weird. And I mean, you almost have to put Carl Lewis up there in that same kind well, of deal. It, it, yeah. it was a bit rude from Michael, you know, rolling cigarettes halfway down the home straight. You know, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it looked as if he, he looked as if he could do. 
Apparently, well, he could run the. He, the same, so yeah, he could run. He could run the last hundred out of the four hundred, um, and not break form, and never look tired. And I think he was the only person who could really come off that last bend, looking like that. He was an absolute. I mean, I'm with you, man, and I actually love listening to him talk. Well, he, and he, before the Olympics, I, they were always, it was all Michael Johnson. I don't think as well. Do, do, uh, I don't think that anyone will hold the 200 and 400 metres world record ever again. And, and and making the 400, I mean, the 400 is a really fun race. I, I used to love racing it when I was in high school. But he, <laughs> I've never really called fun before. <laughs> oh, I, I, I loved it. I did. I found it. I wasn't fast enough for the Especially about 300, 320 metres in. It's not ah, fun. It's, made, it's when I came good. It's when I came good. <laughs> but, With 320 metres to go, it was no fun. No. But, but maybe, how many people would watch the 400 now? Not, not too many would watch a 400 now, but he... He made it such a brilliant event to watch. Genius, genius, absolutely. So, not sure who we're up to there, um, but we'll go back to you, John. Uh, all right, let me get back. Oh, yep. Yeah. Can you still hear me? Yes, we can, mate. We can. You're trying to get out. Of all right. Field. I've got to have. Um, it's really hard, you know. I mean, I think one of the things that we're all saying, showing, is that we've all got the clubs that we love and the teams we go for. That doesn't necessarily make them your. Favorite. I mean, I've got so many players who I've loved from football or from Newcastle, whatever. Um, and that's not really where I'm going, but I am sort of here. Um, and I had to have a soccer root um, at seven. Um, I've gone with Mark Paduka. Oh. And I think he ticks boxes for all three of us in different ways. But uh, I just remember him bursting onto the scene, watching the NSL for Melbourne Knights and, and looking at a guy who you knew was going to be world-class. And I say that. With all good conscience. No, it was too. Um, it was, it was going to very true. Everyone knew had a level of skill when he had his back to goal, at feet holding the ball was always going to be a great player, and I think he proved to be that. When it, ticked, every, was, ticked every box, John. Ticked every box to be dominating. Yeah, and he missed a couple of penalties in 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 shootouts. But to me, that does. That doesn't diminish Badger or guys like that. So why should it diminish Mark Paducah? But, but not just that, he dominated multiple competitions. I mean, he, he played well in multiple competitions around the world. Um, mm. And so he was very adaptable and was on the stage in the NSL at the age of, I think, 15, 16. So it can be, if you're good enough, and we say this, if you're good enough, then you're old enough. Um, and I, I, I was really close to putting him in my list as well. Um, he didn't make mine, but unbelievable player and. And you want to talk about Laconic. I mean, off the field, he'll say what he thinks. He doesn't really care. He's like, no, these are my opinions. I don't have to uh, suck up to the FFA and so forth. Um, I'm going to go a motor racing one for you guys, um, pretty much along the lines of doing, but um, someone who passed prematurely, um, unfortunately, was Ayrton Senna. Just made me absolutely adore Formula One. He was flashy. He was dangerous driver. He was fast and I just absolutely adore it in centre and uh, I just wish we'd seen more of him. Absolutely, man. I'll, 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 I'll never forget to this day that week. What a shocking, shocking weekend of uh, of F1 that was, you know, two deaths. Yeah. And uh, and, and centre uh, on... Uh, and I, I still remember it now. It's and, and I know it sounds a bit melodramatic. It sounds a bit sort of BS, but I still remember that Sunday afternoon now. I still remember yep. him going off. Yep. I still And I, I still remember Murray Walker being like... And, and if you read Murray Walker's book, he knew. M- M- Murray Walker knew. 
because there was a silent, there was a yeah. silence in the pit in the uh, paddock, and, uh, and 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 it was one of those moments. It was one of those moments, and I know it's a long ball, but it's a Kennedy late Princess Diana moment because we are too. I'm sure, correct me if I'm wrong, it was at Monza, wasn't it, on the Parabolica? That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you were just... Motorsport, but I watched it, and it was just like you described, Sean. Yeah, you're talking about visuals there. I can literally see the whole accident right now, and there's not many moments in sport I can tell you the exact... Yeah. Exactly where it was as it's well. One, of those, and, one yeah. of those times when you remember where you were. You remember where you were. I was what, And it's like, wow, Senna's dead. Yeah. You know, it's like ah. it's, it was one of those moments, and it, it's it's shocking. I remember Wayne Rainey coming down the straight in Formula One bikes, yep. and when he broke his neck, remember the world champion, yeah, 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 in Formula One, and you're watching it going, that doesn't look like much of an accident, but then the way he went over the ripple strip, and remember it, it made him a paraplegic, and and yeah, it was, it, I I think even younger motorsports fans these days really don't have a handle on what used to happen back in the day. Well, the, I, t- I tell you what, just just going on from there, uh, came very close to getting in my 10, because I've got a few funny ones, but came very close to getting in my 10 was Jackie Stewart. Jackie Stewart, every, like a little bit like Ian Chappell in the cricket, every motorsport person on this planet, when they see Jackie Stewart, should fall to their knees and thank him, because, you know, he, he, was, he was the main man who said, listen, we're not having this anymore. We're not having this anymore. You know, there's people dying virtually every weekend yeah. in the yeah. early mm. in the sixties and early seventies. And 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 he basically said we, we were like we were strapped to an engine. We were strapped to a metal, an engine. And it's like and 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 just from a positive perspective, I think things did change after Ayrton Senna's death and 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 if there's any good to come out of it, uh, Formula One racing has never been safer. Oh, absolutely. And, mm. and, and some would say, and I'm just being devil's advocate, some would say that it changed for the better, absolutely, for the driver's safety, but it also changed for the worst in terms of the speed limiting and so forth for, yeah. the, for the purists. And I'm not saying that's as that, boring as part. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that to but, denigrate anyone. I'm just, that's the reason I loved Ayrton Senna. He was always on the edge. Well, let's not forget, guys, that up until about a year or two ago, Keki Rosberg still had the record for the fastest. Uh, Fastest average speed in in a in a Grand Prix, so you know. And his son's driving exactly, exactly. So so it's, it's good and bad, good and bad. So how many right. how many you guys got left on your list? I'm down uh, to seven. Right, I got six. I think it's me to go now. Um, as a, uh, next one for me was Viv Richards. Oh yeah. Uh, I remember blagging school one day because the West Indies were playing, <laughs> unusual for me, the West Indies were playing uh, England at Old Trafford. And uh, it was a, a one-day international and uh, Viv got 189. It might have been, I think 189 not out. Uh, this, this was in the days when 220, 230, 240 was a very good scoring ODIs. Yeah. Uh, Viv got 189 not out. And um, I'll never forget, but... but Bob, Bob, basic, Bob Willis said, he said, it wouldn't have mattered if I'd have been bowling off 11 yards. He said uh, it was like, <laughs> like bowling to a superhuman. Um, you know, and w- when you consider his longevity, 17 years at the top, you know, over 50 average. Uh, and a and c- couple of other points as well. Firstly, he, he used to, he's, I've heard him quoted and I've read it in his book. He says, I used to test my eyesight by picking out friends in the crowd. 
So like Lords, a pack wow. Lords used wow. to pick out friends in the crowd. So that tells you one thing. Also as well, he was one of the first guys as a black man to call out racism. Yes, uh, there was there was on the Western Terrace at Headingley when he was playing for Somerset. There was a couple of pissheads in the crowd giving it the big in, and he and he he says, "Right, you, 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 I'll see you at the back." And uh, <laughs> not surprisingly, they shut their mouths pretty. He didn't want to rumble with Viv. They shut their mouths pretty quickly, but you know he was <laughs> a you know Viv, Joel Garner, etc., Clive Lloyd, etc., etc. That they they were trailblazers and and they they made the West Indies team one of the most I, one of the most beloved teams in world sport. Sean, I had Vivid five, and that's the first time we've actually crossed any swords so far. Um, the thing about Viv, and I think a lot of people cricket, a lot of talk about averages and stuff like that. Viv's average came down from fifty seven in the last couple of years of his career because yes. eyes were going out. Yes, massive. I used to a glaucoma, whatever I think, stuff like that. Yes. And he, he literally couldn't see at the end, but he still didn't bat in the helmet. No. And didn't matter who he was playing against. And uh, he scared fast bowlers more than they scared him. Uh, he's just one of the absolute – my favourite cricketer of all time. I would have given anything to be him. And the thing is, you know, and we'll do a special about our favourite teams of all time, and it's the reason I couldn't pick – a player of that West Indies team because that was just the cool, one of the coolest sporting teams. Um, I remember going to the cricket at the MCG and as a teenager, and when the West Indies played, I used to pray that the West Indies would bat first because I thought if the Aussies are going to bat first, we're not going to see a game. And now that is cool. Yeah. That is cool when you go to support your national team and you're hoping the other team <laughs> puts on a. I was talking. I was talking to a guy the other day actually, and I was sort of re- reminiscing about those days and that, and I said. To, oh, think back to the sort of mid seventies when the ACB brought the limit in that you can only bring one carton of beer in per person, and everybody was going mental about it. <laughs> my so, my dad had that bloody com- disgrace. My dad had that conversation. <laughs> they used to stand on the uh, slab. Bloody and- disgrace. <laughs> but um, I, I almost had Jeffrey Dujon in there because he changed the way I followed wicket keepers. But um, I will jump in here because we're talking cricket, and for me, actually Adam Gilchrist because. Oh, just just I thought about a, him. Yeah, he came close. Came just close. to see a keeper um, take over a game at any stage, no matter how many wickets were down, he was going to play the same way. And the power he had, and just such a different style to so many other cricketers. And I don't want to go on about someone being fair, but it's a little bit unfair to have such brilliant skills and be a keeper and also be the purest of cricketers if that makes sense like he if he was out he'd walk let's not forget let's not forget as well uh, Paul that uh, uh, Monty Panesard's neck has never been the same since that that day at Perth (laughs) cost him a a fortune in uh, physiotherapy looking looking over his looking over his neck but I mean I don't know if I've ever seen someone hit the ball so I know Big Richard but for me Adam Gilchrist when I talk about someone striking a ball cleanly he hit that ball in the air. It was gone. It he was, changed. He changed the game, Paul. He changed 100%. the game, and that's why you know. Changed the game. I, I I would have wanted to almost put Shane Warne in because he changed spinners actually being exciting. But I just can't stand the bloke, so I couldn't put him in. I tell you what, Gilly did do. Um, if we ever do a top ten of the most boring sports book of all time, 
Walking to Victory by Adam Gilchrist is probably going to go one or two. I think I've accidentally got two copies. I think two people thought I'd be interested in it, and I think they adore it. It's a horror. No, hang, hang on, John. I think you've been a bit unfair there. I think it, it was very much endorsed by the Insomniac Society. Hmm. Well, there might have been an opener for uh, England who might have come out with a more boring book, but we'll leave it at that. Well, uh, actually, I'll, uh, I'll, no, I'll kick on from book. there. I'll Be kick fair. on from there. This is one of my personal ones. I've got Jeffrey Boycott. <laughs> That's exactly who I was alluding to. I've got Jeffrey Boycott because this is, one, hey, this is one of my personal ones because I, as a kid I used to go up to uh, a guy called Johnny Lawrence's Nets in Tadcaster and Boycott used to be there quite a lot. And I had the privilege to actually bowl at Jeffrey Boycott. It was, wow. it was amazing. And wow. and and um, and as a, as a young boy in Yorkshire, growing up in the seventies, like like Jeffrey Boycott, Fred Truman, etc., they were they were gods. They were gods. Of Every Yorkshireman would give their right arm to play for Yorkshire. You know what I mean? And 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 Jeffrey Boycott was like, he, yeah, yeah, he was dour. You know, typical York, you know, dour Yorkshireman, etc. But I tell you what. Um, you know, 8,000 test runs when it mattered. Uh, yeah, he, he had lots of faults, don't get me wrong, but um, I think, it, for, to, and this is one of my personal ones because I, I met the guy, bowled at him in the nets, et cetera, et cetera. And How many sets like, of stumps did you need, Sean? Did you get him? To be honest with you, he, I, I was more, I was, I was like a nervous wreck. It's like yeah. uh, I was, I was, uh, it was amazing. But, but uh, you know what? He, much maligned, much maligned. But you know what? Uh, early seventies, early. I know he gets criticised for dodging Thompson and Lily and all that. But early seventies, he was at the peak. Yeah, but on that point, he played on the first ever test at the uh, at at Perth. Yeah, he was and he a, batted on there without a helmet. Anyway, dolly. It was a and that was against and, and so 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 that's just one I've put in there from a personal perspective that I've met the guy. There's a couple more, but uh, that's that's one that I'll uh, I'll throw in. I love that perspective. So how many guys have you got left on your list? Because I'm not keeping count of each year. I've got five. I've got six. I've got about five. I think. Okay. Well, I'll... I think I've got six because I've got I've my got last. Six. Of... I've got six. I've got six. Yeah, we've got six. Okay, All right. My six is Jonathan Thurston. Oh, yeah. Uh, I said, I, actually, I, did, I think I said I was only Daryl White was money indigenous. Obviously, I'm completely wrong. But um, Jonathan Thurston, I think he rewrote um, Queensland rugby league history and, and a lot of other things he did. He's a, just a great bloke. I, I, love, I love his personality. I like the fact that he went to a place like North Queensland and picked them up from absolutely nothingsville and won a premiership there. He faced adversity. He got cut by the Bulldogs. And I think he's one of the greatest rugby league players I've ever seen. One of the greatest sports people I've ever seen. And in one of the greatest sports teams ever, which was that dominant Queensland origin team, he was the shining light. Now, a bit of controversy here. Mm. He's one of the... Well, it's not going to be really controversial. I'll pull that one back. 
He actually don't say Jack Grealish. No, 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 no. I'm not. No, no, no. Actually, was I was actually going to make a comment about Jonathan Thurston. Oh, sorry, man. And, 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 and I just sometimes wonder, and I'm I'm not playing the race card here. I think he's the greatest ever rugby league player I've ever seen. The, the stuff he could do, I I honestly could dream of and still not be able to pull it off in my dreams. I just think he's. I just I, I just wonder if he was a bit more about himself, or if he didn't live. Like if he moved down to Sydney permanently and so forth now, or if he wasn't indigenous. No, but Paul, what you've got to realise is that um, there's quite a, a a large amount of people who follow rugby league who would say that Arthur Beetson's the greatest rugby league player of all time, and he played in an age when racism was an issue. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, no, you're right, and that, and that's what I'm saying. Like it could be a controversial thing, and it, maybe it's his personality because he's not all um, he's not all me, me, me. And I just I can't imagine mm. a better rugby league player and a better role model as as a man than Jonathan Thurston. I think the thing I think the thing about Jonathan Thurston, purely from a rugby league perspective, is that is that in any, any sport, and this is this is what makes tonight so beautiful. I'm loving this, but in any sport, there's there's there's, there's those few guys throughout time, and there's, there's a very short list who've got that extra little fraction of a second. They yep. can read things. They've got time. They can see things. They, they, they read the game. And as I said, that extra fraction of a second is all it takes. And, 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 and Thurston was like, Thurston to me was like a prima ballerina. He used to just go, he used to glide across the surface, glide across the surface, and he did things for fun. And he, and he, and he's as tough as they come, never shirt to tackle, never, never backed off anything. To, to, I, I think he's a worthy contender. Well, two of the greatest goals you'll ever see in Australian sport is in 2018, shot from the boundary line, West Coast versus Collingwood. Just one of the greatest shots for goal you'll ever see. Jonathan Thurston in a grand final against the Broncos. The conversion from the impossible angle. God, we're living in a great, great time to watch sport. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Is it my go again, Paul, or is it? Is yeah, it... go for it, mate. I'm, and I'm, I'm going to. This is his. This is in no. My 10's in no particular order, but um, this guy, if I was putting him in order, I saw a thirty for thirty, and I followed it up with uh, YouTube, and 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 and, and I've, I've done a bit of research into this guy. Um, in my opinion, the greatest sportsman of all time is Jim Thorpe. Wow, uh, the greatest athlete of the isn't he? greatest athlete of the twentieth century, in my opinion. Uh, he was a, a, the first Native American to win a gold uh, medal in the Olympics. Yep, uh, six seasons in base, professional baseball, played pro football, NFL pro football for six or seven years, I think. Professional basketball for the Washington, Washington Redskins, if you don't mind. Yep. Now that's controversial. Professional basketball. Um, he had his he had his decaf and, and it was a record total in the decathlon in 1912. Yep. Had his medal taken away because they said he took money for playing baseball, which which you know those bloody stupid days, you know. Um, mm. And he, he only had his medals restored in 1983. But uh, I think as an all round sportsman, and and for what he did. And and to for his flex for his adaptability in four sport, play professional sport in force. Well, you know, Olympic champion and professional sport in three other sports. Uh, I think this guy sits at the very top table. 
I, and I couldn't believe when I watched that myself. I, I just absolutely couldn't believe someone could do that many things. And the and, way it was treated as well. Yeah, treated terribly. exactly. And that's going to segue into um, that's going to segue into mine. Uh, my next one. You probably you probably know how much I love this bloke, but Bo Jackson. Um, just mm. his size, his um, ability as a running back, his ability as uh, an outfielder in baseball, you know, obviously didn't play as many professional sports, but could have probably done anything and was going to be up there with, with Jordan in terms of one of the first players to really market. Um, and if anyone uh, knows Bo Jackson, um, Bo knows is, is the big thing about Bo. He'd have um, probably he'd have probably won the Eurovision Song Contest and the Grand National if he'd have gone in for it, mate. Oh, well, he 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 would have he, he probably would have out muscled uh, Arnie if he put his uh, mind to it, mate. But one of the, I mean, if you if you know anything about Bo, you'll see you know he's run up the wall to take a catch, and and some of his running mm. plays where he just literally ran over the top of tacklers, and unfortunately had a horrific injury. Um, does a lot of charity work now and is really philosophical about what could have been. But please, another, I, we keep saying 30 for 30. We are not sponsored by ESPN. But, Although know, we're open we're open to negotiation. Uh, we certainly are, absolutely, ESPN <laughs> Australia. But um, Bo Jackson, if you, if you, if the you good don't people, know Bo, The good people at ESPN. Absolutely. You have to watch You Don't Know Bo to see what an unbelievable athlete this guy was. Um, and I just absolutely adore him to this day. What's your next one, Johnny Boy? Oh, my next one um, is um, Shearer. Oh, Alan Shearer. Yeah, yeah. yeah I heard of him um, <laughs> because he, look, we all love a, a person who grows up following a team. Yeah, um, becomes an like. Let's be realistic, an all-time great player on the absolute world's top stage, and then commits themselves to playing for their own club, and that's happened to be mine, and. The, and when we were there, we still didn't win anything, but God, he made us relevant. And I've got to take my hat off to him. I've, I often say to um, you guys, my favourite Geordie footballer was Chris Waddle. But when I'm doing this list, I've got to be realistic. And, you know, Alan Shearer means as much to the tune as um, Jackie Mill, but I've never seen Jackie play and, and um, Big Al's our man and he has to go on my list. I saw him, and he's got to go uh, I saw him, I saw him get a hat-trick in the flesh on Boxing Day. 91 for Southampton and uh, he was he was only a kid he was about 19 20 year old I tell you what he was he looked magnificent he he had everything a striker wanted and and let's not forget let's not forget he had a massively massively serious ankle injury at Blackburn Rovers mm. terrible ankle injury and and as we know we probably all know ankles once ankles go they're never quite the same again. And 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 for, for, for Shearer to come back, win a title with Blackburn, uh, go on to Newcastle and, and write his name in the stars, that tells you how great this man was. Great player. And another gold mirror where England, you know, could have certainly won, you know, European or, or, or world. You had enough. Should have won both. Yeah, yeah. And... and... He would, he would have been one of the reasons that, you know, you would have had those titles. And, I, you know, I'm not a Newcastle fan at all, but Shearer is one of my favourite footballers of all time. Uh, he, he, well, the mark of him is that, you know, when you have, you know, when you meet someone, when you're out and about and you meet a Portuguese guy or you're talking to 
someone from Brazil or Argentina and you start talking football and you, they talk about great, but you say Newcastle and they always, or England, they always say, oh, Shearer. Absolutely. And it's like, it's like yeah, that he's the dude who's known around the world. Yep, 100%. Seg- segway, segwaying on from that, my next one is mm. John Charles. Oh yeah, uh, I've, I've again someone. You get him in somewhere, surely. Someone who I, someone who I've, I had the pleasure of meeting to on three or four occasions. He used to go down to the cricket club where I used to play, and uh, and, uh, and my mum and dad said, "Oh yeah, we were we he, he, he were they were talking to him and they're, they're having a drink together and all that." And he says, "Oh, is that your lad?" He says, "Oh, he's a good cricket." I thought, man, that is my one. What a wow. claim to fame! <laughs> well, and so I thought, John Charles knows I existed. How good is that? But but like never booked. And what you got to think about: 157 goals in 297 for Leeds, and a lot of those appearances were at centre half. Was he as big as I said? Was he? Was he? A- Oh, you know everything I've ever seen of him. He was huge. Six was, foot, about six foot two, which in yeah. those days was a big, big man. But he was solid. As yeah, he, that's what I was going to say. He was, he really was probably he was probably twenty to thirty years ahead of his time in terms of fitness, nutrition. Uh, he was just a freak, an absolute freak. And and let's not forget, sixty five thousand pounds in nineteen fifty seven yeah. was an absolute king's ransom. Yeah, this was the height of Catenaccio. And he got 108 goals in 155 games for Juve. And that's why he's still in... They had a, they had a vote about five years ago. And John Charles is still classed as the greatest ever foreign import for Juve. That's unbelievable, isn't it? For a team wow, that, that's that size. incredible. And because of you, uh, because of you there, uh, Shawnee, I actually read a few books about uh, John Charles and just couldn't... I mean, I wish I'd seen more of him because, you know, reading about him was enough. You know, the... the the things that people were saying about him. Oh, never man. booked. Never booked. That's unbelievable. And copped a lot. Copped a lot himself. And you can imagine it. You can imagine in Catinaccio. You know, it was... Being Juventus' number one all-time import ever is like, it's that, that, that you're not talking there about, oh, you know, what happened at Empoli. No. You're talking... Pla- <laughs> you, you, just off the top of your head, you're talking Platini. You're talking Bonyek. You're talking uh, Zidane. 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that I think that hey, the fans never forget, do they? I think that warrants the real that warrants mention. Well, that's I'm, brilliant, man. I'm going to come in if we're talking fairness. Um, I'm going to come in with a player who um, I, you guys might, might not know this, but I, tennis was my number one sport um, when I was young, growing up. Absolutely loved tennis. I don't know why. I just you know. Picked up that racket and it gave me some freedom there, and I loved third bowling. It was the Dunlop. It was the Dunlop Green Flash, Paul. Let's be oh, honest. absolutely. Let's be. But the the coming in and the third bowling is what made me fall in love with the game. Being a little bit athletic, everyone else was you know hitting from the back of the court. They were really into Ivan Wendell and um, Stefan Edberg. <laughs> Stefan Edberg just got it for me. You know what I mean? Like the, those guys who came in and third bowling. We're not going to see. We're not going to see those guys down the track. Not massive, gonna... massive League United fan, incidentally. Well. Well, it was meant to be, wasn't it? But if you remember the times, Adidas became really big in tennis at that point, and you either bought the Ivan, not you necessarily, but people either bought the Ivan Wendell or the Stefan Edberg tops, and they also had the pullovers. And, um, of course, I would go the Edberg. Um, But we're not going to see. I think the thing is he didn't have the power of the others, didn't have a big serve, didn't have great shots in the back of the court, but would come in and serve volley. You know, the Pat Cashers, the rafters and those guys, they won't be seen in a few years' time. No one will be surviving. 
And I've got a theory as to why Lendl never won Wimbledon, you know. You know those... <laughs> Is that because he had a rod up his ass? No, you know those shorts he used to wear? His bollocks must have been <laughs> crammed in there. They were the tightest shorts. They were like AFL shorts. No, no. How can you AFL, play tennis in that? AFL shorts could not replicate that. His bollocks, no. his bollocks must have been bloody... Uh, well, oh, man, he must have been, he must have been awkward walking with those shorts on. But, I mean, you know, my final word about Stefan Edberg is to, to you know, it, it was a, it was the times when you had the Boris Beckers and the Edbergs and those guys who would serve volley. And, great age of tennis. Great age of tennis. Matt Belanda. And, uh, yeah, Matt Belanda. And, and we're not going to see those guys going forward because all the courts are pretty similar besides the French Open. It's all power. You have to be, you know. And those guys are all nearly 60. Well, and you have to be six foot four, six foot five minimum now. Um, you know, I just think tennis has changed for the worst. Well, I, know, I know you. I know you've got a few to go, Johnny. But I'll jump in as a segue here. Uh, just, mm. I, I've got a, the first female mention tonight, Steffi Graf. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, when I, she was decades ahead of her time. Yeah. The for, the forehand, she, that forehand that she had, um, three hundred and seventy-seven weeks total weeks at number one. Did Longest. You get, did you get to see her live? Unfortunately, not. Unfortunately, I'd love to see her live in every sense of the word. The, and the, reason, <laughs> the, the, reason, the reason I say that is you can't say that. No, the, it'll all come out in the edit, John. It'll come out. In the edit. Yeah, I know. The reason I say about seeing her live, and and I was lucky enough to see her a few times, is it, in those days you could hear the ping off the racket, like really hear it. That forehand. Oh God. my goodness, it was pure. It was the nicest sound to come off a racket, male or female, that I'd ever. She's heard. the best player I've ever seen, and and it was, and I, I wanted to include one tennis player. It was between her and Rod Laver. And 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 I didn't see enough of Rod Laver, although he was absolute legend, best in the world for about eight years in the professional and amateur yeah. days. Uh, Steffi Graf for me, um, astonishing player, astonishing. We'll, we'll make it clear that this is about our favourites. It's not who we consider the greatest ever, or yeah. you know what would finish up on someone's top ten absolute greatest of all time, because no one would put Stefan Edberg in there, right? As as the top ten tennis he was, player, he's a great player. Oh, he was, he was. But to me, he'll always be my fave, and that's the point of tonight as well. So that's cool. So. That's cool, man. Tennis players on my list, I guarantee. Hey, John, you've got a few. You're a few behind, John. Go for it, man. Right, let me go. Number four. Now this is really hard because my number, my my top two was easy, but three and four was really hard. Now I'm gonna go with what I wrote down. So number four, we finally someone's mentioned it. Diego Armando Maradona. Oh, yes. Uh, he's, he, he's, my, he's in. I'll, I'll go with you. We'll do this as a joint one. He means the world to me as a football player. Gonna, he means everything I'm, to I'm me. Especially given. I'm going to stop you for one yep. second. Sean, that was a fantastic comedic line about joints, uh, talking about Maradona as well. I couldn't let that one go. Did you see what I did there? <laughs> right. See what I did there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he means the world to me in so many ways. Because even since we first started our podcast, we've we've had we've had that many that much fun talking about the little five foot, you know, four foot nine urchin from Buenos Aires, who without doubt to me is the greatest football player of all time. Which yeah. arguably makes him the greatest sportsman of all time in the world, but that doesn't make him my favourite. But oh God, he's close. They're my top four, I can't. It's I'm just doing it because you know we're a football podcast. I just don't want to be boring. Those three, I love Maradona. Those three or four years at Napoli, 
I, I, and let's be right, that Napoli team was bang average. And, and he goes in there and he turns them into UEFA Cup winners. He turns them into Scudetto champions. What, it, it's what sets them apart, Sean. Astonishing. astonishing. Everyone else. Everyone else. We were having a discussion today at school, me and a couple of guys who know football, trying to work out anyone of the, you know, there's this just this cycle, this little merry-go-round of the top players who never play with a club that's shit. Bang. They don't play with players who've never been identified as the top guys around them and, and the talent. I'm like, what's in the messy thing? I don't care what he gets paid. I'm not interested. Let's be right, John. I'd rather well. see him do something interesting somewhere else. Let's be right, John, as well. Just coming on from that, bang average Argentina, bang average Argentina team in '86, just quietly as well. Oh, Jorge Bruchaga and Jorge Luis Brown and all that, you know, but it is what it is. He's the greatest player of all time in football to me and he's number four in my list. And, and just so much fun, like, not just watching him play football, but everything that we've spoken about his life is just, oh, man, I love the bloke. He didn't and make let's not forget, and I love the bloke. Let's not forget, let's mm. not forget Paul, that, that there's, there's, a, there's a very, very sizable group of, of men in the city of Naples, of a certain age, <laughs> called Diego. <laughs> Do you remember, Sean, that night we went to Robbie Slater's night and Jimmy Marr was there and we and, and there was a signed jersey by Maradona there that night? Yes, yes. Do, do you remember sitting there standing, looking and wanting to touch it and, and feel it? It was one of the was, – it was palpable. It was like being he, it was like being in the in the room with a Da Vinci or something like that. Really. It was. <laughs> it was. He's, 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 he's funny. And and let's not forget on in during our um Jurassic period of making recordings back in Woodridge, um Maradona made an actual guest appearance on our show. <laughs> Have to find the uh, we'll have to find the uh, archives on that one. Um, I think we're about down to three or four each. I'm going to jump in with a very obvious one, but he changed world sport forever for me, and it's Michael Jordan. And the reason I want to put him in is so many a myriad of reasons, but to put him in just after Maradona is that you will still see kids these days wearing a Jordan top, and you'll still see people these days wearing a Maradona top. I reckon that says absolutely everything. You can talk about titles, you can talk about scoring records, you can talk about all of it, but Air Jordan it just changed the game forever. Did you see the uh, pair of trainers went for an astonishing amount of money about three, four weeks ago? I don't know how much How much did, it, did they go for in the end. Oh, I'm not 100% sure yeah. of the amount, so I can't quote me, but it was an astonishingly high amount. It was, I think it was in, certainly six figures, six figures. And, and, yeah, it was 100,000. I was going to say, let's be honest, that that, uh, that documentary, Nathan, I'm sorry about that documentary that, you know, became world number one documentary only a couple of months ago, That it was called The Last Dance, but let's just call it, it, it was a Jordan documentary. Let's be honest about it. Didn't, didn't Paul, it was fabulous. Didn't, didn't Paul turn in a great light, did it? No, but it made me love him almost more because it was, he's, he basically, he wanted to win that much like that badly in it in an era where you got fouled you got fouled hard you got fouled as hard as you did in any sport and uh, i don't know i just love that's my to be fair to, to be fair paul i would i would have paid money on a pay for view for a scotty pippin michael jordan uh, uh pay for view uh, uh cage match you know what i mean 
That'd be good. Oh, I don't reckon <laughs> I would have won. I reckon Jordan would have won that just on pure will, on will. What I like best about that show was that it showed that, like, the narrative now, you don't, you don't remember, but how hard he, that he had to work with his team to overcome Detroit Pistons oh, yeah. at that point to actually make them relevant. Because, you know, th- there was a chance that, you know, the D- Detroit win and, and sort of Jordan fades away as a great scorer, but... 100%. You know, uh, if they don't win titles, it doesn't happen. I think what it's an, an amazing show. What an error, though. The Lakers, the Celtics, uh, the Pistons, the Knicks, the Bulls. I mean, the Bulls would not have been a relevant franchise at all. They would, You wouldn't even – you'd think of them as the Blackhawks in, in NHL, you know, Phoenix. irrelevant. Oh, it was Phoenix under um, yeah. Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley. There you go. It was, it was the mailman from uh, from New York. <laughs> Carl Malone. <laughs> oh, the mailman. Was... <laughs> but yeah, lots of ways. He was delivering all over the place, wasn't he? Babe? But what you what you guys said there is so true. Uh, a franchise can be relevant in a sport where one player can make every bit of difference. Now we've got players teaming up together. Hey, LeBron, come and play with me. Hey, such and such. Come. You know what I mean? Like that was the era where. Yeah, that was that was pure basketball to me, and I'm really shocked. I couldn't tell you, no interest whatsoever in the NBA. I told you that the other week, and and long may continue because it it's a little bit like Formula One. It has no magic for me at all these days. Yeah, Tiggy Touchwood stuff, and it's uh, changing in a number of sports there. So we're down to our final three. We'll go back to you there, Shawnee. I've got a couple to go. Um, next one is again a bit of a personal one. Uh, Ian, Terence, Botham. Oh yeah. Um, as a kid growing up, as a as a cricketer, as a young cricketer, I I tried to copy the uh, c- copy the mullet. Um, as 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 young cricketers, it was like Superman, Batman, and Hercules rolled into one. Um, and and I'll never forget, never ever forget. Um, as a, again, as a young cricketer, sixteen year old cricketer, nineteen eighty four. I was a net a net bowler for England in at the, before the Test match against the West Indies. Wow! And um, and and you remember when they had the old changing rooms at Headingley, where they're like the brick, mm. the the you know the little, behind the red brick. No, the little brick wall just over the boundary edge. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, so, the, and you had to go up the steps to go up the old uh, the old changing room yeah, there. That's right. And um, and and I was actually getting changed in the same changing room as Ian Botham, and he's he had a bad knee at the time. He he was partial to a he was partial to slow horses, and uh, he was watching the ITB racing. He, he, his knee was gone, you know. His, his knee was knackered. He was watching the racing, and I walked through the dressing room, and I, and you know one of those moments when you think, I, I'm, and he was like my hero. It's like. I'm in the presence of God here. This is like, yeah. I, I was, it was one of those moments where I thought, oh my effing God, you know, and, yeah. and, um, and, and to be in the same room as him, as a 16 year old kid who idolized the guy. And then I'm bowl and he didn't come out to train, but that's fair enough. But I was like, I'm bowling at Alan Lamb and Chris Broad and, and 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 Bob Willis has stood side of me bowling. I think, Jesus Christ, what, a, what that's one of the days of my life. One of the days of my life. I'll never forget it. That's boys. That's yours there, Sean. 
Never forget. That's unbelievable, mate. We'll have to do a podcast on how many sixes these uh, these batsmen hit hit on you, mate. But the fact that you've got to even bowl to these guys is absolutely amazing. Oh, I've got some. I've got some stories, mate. I could do a podcast on me on. I think we will, mate. I've, <laughs> I've known you for years, and I don't even know half these stories. This is brilliant, mate. Um, <laughs> how many? How many left you got there, guys? I've got three. I've got three as well. I think that was Sean's number three, wasn't it? I've got one to go. Oh, okay. Wow, wow. Sean, uh, sorry, John, you and I will do two each here and then we'll finish off. So uh, right. you go for it, John. My number three, uh, it was pretty easy, is another... Amazing, another Australian football player from the Brisbane Lions. Brisbane Bears is Jason Ackermanis. He's a controversial guy. Uh, to me, he single-handedly changed the opinion of, of Australian football in Queensland. I've spoken many times about being a guy who came from England as a kid to Queensland. And what I love most about living here is the fact that we had access to top-level sport in all kinds of sports football yep. and 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 Acca was just something really special and anyone who's not who knew me through those times uh we went from Carrara we'd come up to Brisbane I was early games at the Gabba seeing them being you know just improving to get into a place that you never really could have possibly thought would happen we were, I was married and living in Sydney when the Lions first merged that would have been the, they would have had the dog track still there then wouldn't they yeah, my best mate Rob sent me down to Jersey and, you know, taught me the Fitzroy song and all that because I said I wasn't a Fitzroy guy, I was a Brisbane Bears guy. And we got right on board and I've still got that jersey. And Acker was just such a special – there were so many great players. I mean, lots of – like Michael Voss obviously was the greatest player, but my favourite player was Jason Ackermanis, one of the few guys who I think in any sport could kick or throw further on his other foot yep. to the one that he was born with which was already world-class at the time. Probably in my time of following AFL, and you know that's my number one sport, the greatest team I've ever seen was that Brisbane Lions team of 2001 uh, to 2004. That's the best AFL team I've ever seen. And it was shattered me when they didn't win 2004. Um, but one of those players... The AFL caused that. I'm not going to say anything, but um, I know that mm. I, I know that the Brisbane Lions had champions all over the field. It was the best team to actually watch. But he could turn a game on his on its head. How many games he must have won himself? I I don't know. But I'm gonna. It's not as good as Shawnee's story. But I'm on a. Uh, I was on a current affair last night, and not for ripping people off or anything like that. It was a very scary call to get to <laughs> scammer. Scammer. But uh, Jason Commanders <laughs> was on the same little story about Queensland getting the grand final last He's night. He's a real estate agent now, isn't he? He absolutely is. So yeah. he, he got interviewed at the Gabba and I was interviewed at Morton Bay Lions. And uh, so <laughs> there you go. There's a bit of a connection there. You've just put him up as one of your favourite. I was on the same story as him last night. Well, so. well he's number so I can't do much more than that. And his daughter's coming through um, the Lions Academy and – I think, and you know, with Craig Starsevich there, and Starsevich's son playing, and Acker there, and I think it's you know it's good. I like that. It's good. For I the, think. Good for I think club. myself, guys. I think myself that the the Brisbane Lions team were magnificent, but I think they they probably play Essendon about the turn of the century in the final for the greatest teams. That Essendon team were just phenomenal. 
Yeah, they were. But we it, beat them. Such a, I was about to say, in such a great period of football, the Lions went on and won three grand finals. And I know it's not all about titles, but God, that was a compet- That was such a competitive time. So 100%. that was um, Look, I had um, surfing's been a big part of my life, and obviously going up in Australia, I mean surfing and on the coast and everything, you kind of get thrown on a board at a young age. And I was going to put down Kelly Slater just because of all his titles and how he changed. Um, surfing into being really professional. But it was actually Mark Ocalipo because this mm. this guy was a teenage prodigy. He had the awesome hair and the Aussie accent and everyone loved him and such a cool name. Oki, come on, man. You get called it. You know what I mean? And and, and he drops out yeah. of the sport. He, he, he becomes 110, 115 kilos. He decides one day he's so embarrassed he can't fit into his wetsuit that he starts getting fit. And goes back and wins a world title. I just, I just love yeah. that man. It's, it is a movie script, really. So you know, I had Kelly Slater, but I went hockey. Yeah, but if you hang around the southern beaches of the Gold Coast long enough, as um, most of us have now, you'll, you'll, you'll have met Oki, and yep. uh, he's a lovely guy, and and he had his humble. demons, very humble, and he fought back and that. Yeah, he's always a, a, a incredibly pleasant chap, and. I was never a surfer because I grew up in Logan. But I lived on the Gold Coast and played cricket here to know guys who did and, and met him through company. And he was a lovely guy. So, yeah, I take my help to him. And that's a cool call, man. Well, that's a, that's a great call. And uh, to, to be honest, uh, uh, I thought about Tyson Fury for the same reason. Okay. Yep. You know, for c- coming back from, he was nearly 30 stone. Uh, he'd beaten, the, he'd beaten, he'd won the title in Germany against the, the champ. And he's nearly thirty stone, and he and he terrible mental health issues, you know, thinking about suicide, and to come back and does done what he's done, my God. Well, that's a good connection for more. I know you've got two as well, John, but um, not because of the way he treated women, and you know how we all feel about this. But I'm talking purely in terms of I will still watch YouTube clips and everything. Mike Tyson, because I would go to a pub. With my mates, I never really hung out with pubs on a Saturday afternoon at two o'clock or whatever. But I would go and watch Mike Tyson, and every single pub was absolutely cram packed. And as soon as the Mike Tyson fight was over, it was empty. So you know, just in terms of pure punching power, um, I had to have Mike Tyson as my favourite boxer of all time. Can't argue with that. In his day, he was uh, he, he wasn't he was a beast. He was a beast. And if you've seen videos of him in recent months. Holy dooly, could he still knock look a out, few people out? Look out, Roy Jones Jr., I say. Absolutely. I love Sean's call. When I heard Sean on the radio to um, to SM Talking Sport, he rings quite a lot. And he was talking about him fighting, um, was it Paul Gallen? There was talk about And that. Yeah, and Sean said the only advice that he had for Paul Gallen was that it's a good time to get your affairs in order. <laughs> <laughs> it's, very the, for you. it's the same for Roy Jones Jr. Mate, mate no, that that, that mm. fight's going to happen, and uh, you know he, uh, yeah, it's just, and he's not, he's not kidding. This isn't a, this isn't a uh, Rocky Balboa do, sugar. This isn't Rocky Balboa sugar lips. Do yourself a, be, no, I'm do, do yourself a favor, anyone who's listening to this, go and watch him on YouTube now. Boxing, and he's putting up more and more clips. Sparring, oh, sparring. Oh, <laughs> God. He's looking. Uh, as you say, he's looking rather fit. Yeah, I think he's. Um, I think he's actually 
really happy with life too. Um, and, you know, that makes a huge difference. So we're down to uh, number two for you there, I believe, John. Number two for me. Okay, my one and two. And I really did. I know Sean didn't do it, but for me, I have to be honest to myself and work out who are the guys that my – this is my favourite sports people all time. Yep. The ones who really made me who – and, and everyone who knows me will know who's coming. But my number two is Brett Favre. Yeah. I, he was just, you know, watching him play and, and I watched his whole career. His birthday is the same as mine. Genius, um, genius. His, his level of play was just out of this world. Now, there's, there's quarterbacks with better records than him. But when you consider where Green Bay is in America, it's the only um, not owned football uh, sporting franchise in America. It's also one of the oldest. Yep. It's one of the most storied. He brought us back to relevance. He made it everything. I mean, he the guy is an absolute legend. He's got a cool name and he's a southern dude. And he, he left the team in acrimony. I don't remember because, you know, my mum and both of you guys met my mum, she doesn't follow yep. sport. Yep. But she told me she'd heard on the ABC News that Brett Favre had retired and left Green Bay. And I said, really? So I went and I, and I found out, you know, it was before the internet. And she also, um, you know, just – they just know, you know. And, uh, and I love Brett Favre and – yeah, he's my second favourite sports person. Of I think time. your mum's fantastic, John, by the way, and I'm very, very, very scared yeah. of her. Yeah. And so would Brett be if, if he met her. But, <laughs> but She'll school drag him. She'll school John, drag him. She's Irish. What you just said, mate, is I, I was, you know, we're not doing Zoom or anything, so I had the biggest smile on my face because I'm thinking about pure sports people that you just, you have to watch because something's going to happen, good, bad or otherwise. When he played, man, he was just going to – I know they call him the gunslinger, but he actually was. He didn't even listen to some of the plays at times. He disregarded what he was told to do. I guarantee it because he just – man, he lit it up. I love, I love that guy, man. And I'm, you know, Let's, I'm not a great I think usually at the NSC Championship game or whatever, but the Super Bowl that they won in 97 was the year after I got married. We're living in Sydney. I watched it at Star City Casino. Um, with my brother-in-law who I got in there illegally. wasn't meant to be there. And the, the Budweiser girls in the days, you know, when promo girls were promo girls and that can't happen anymore. Are we past, this, are we past the statute of limitations on that, John? Yeah. And we had an absolute <laughs> amazing morning and Brett was lighting it up and that was a hell of a day. And I met, um, I met Don Lane around that time as well. And, you know, it was just amazing before he died. Oh, love, love, love Brett Favre, man. Just, what a, ah, oh, man. I just, I know I'm really showing my age. I'm looking back going, I wish we had more footballers like that, but we've got a couple who do um, do that similar kind of stuff now. So we're, we're getting lucky again. If you like that now, you get run out of town. You get run out of town on social media. And, and, and the critics don't let your career develop. Like Brett Favre, people don't know. When he got, he was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. He didn't get a game. Yeah, yeah. He got traded from there for basically a bag of balls and sent away and told well, the dude's a southern idiot. He's an absolute drongo and got sent to Green Bay at the time, which was like getting sent to Siberia in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, well, well, things turn around in a couple of years. Well, I think we're down to uh, number one for each of us. Um, so I, I, I love hearing what you guys got. So I'll get mine out of the way. Um, 
now this is because my team was so bad in the AFL for four decades, so irrelevant that I would come home We'd lost by five goals, and Mum would say, "I know you lost, but did you play well at all at any point?" And I would talk mm. about one quarter or one mark. And the guy who kept my fires burning was Matty Richardson. You know, the guy had a horrible kicking technique close to the goal. He would go off tap at his teammates. He was so passionate on the field and so quiet off it. Um, what a lovely guy! Oh, generations of of tigers and non tigers that have met him. Everyone loves him. But, Always time for the fans. Oh, my God. I just – I don't think I'd still be firing Richmond if it hadn't have been for Matty Richardson keeping my fires burning. And, and we all know – I'm happy we all know you chose him because that says a lot about you and and Richmond. Richmond is a different proposition now, but you guys walked through the wilderness for quite a long time and he was one of the few guys who who, who shone a light for you and that's I think that's pretty cool. And, was, know, was, the, was, the, was there a better image? Was there a better image – arguably ever in Australian sport than when you guys won your your first flag, um, seeing him crying on the sideline. I'm getting a bit choked up now. I mean, he annoys Richmond supporters when he commentates our games because he tries to be so fair that he's almost anti-Richmond. But to see him on that bench bawling his eyes out, it just goes to show for anyone, if you actually love your club, no matter what. And he could have gone for bigger money to other clubs. But if you actually love your club, his dad, uh, Bull Richardson, won a premiership for us in the, in the 60s. And um, uh, if you love your club, it means everything for the rest of your life, doesn't it? You know what I mean? And and that's no. why you don't want to see players mm. like Brett Favre leave Green Bay and still have that acrimony because you know still in his... Clubs are important. so important. And, and especially in these times, I know I'm being really silly here and sentimental, but especially in these times of COVID and everything... The sense of isolation for so many people, um, I don't want to make this a Richmond thing, but a Richmond supporter the other night on Twitter actually said that he was thinking of taking his life. And heaps of Richmond supporters reached out to him and his wife got on Twitter on his account the next day and said he's checked himself in a facility because he listened to you guys. Brilliant. Now, Brilliant. I'm not saying Richmond's better than anyone else. That is not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is sport for all its negatives that people talk about, is family. And I think that's what tonight's really illustrated. And it doesn't matter who you support or who you follow. It's, we, 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 you know what I mean? We, we, as sports people, as sports fans, and, and yeah, you'd, you'd attach to your club and all that massively. But, you know, a story like that is tell, it's what it's all about, man. What so, it's all about. so I'm not saying, as I said, that Richmond's any better. I'm saying that sport is a family. And you guys have brought that up with multiple things. So in saying that, Sean, we're going to go to you and finish off with John with your uh, your last picks of the uh, of the session, guys. Okay, well, I'm going I'm going top shelf here. I'm going absolutely top shelf, and this is a bit of a this is a bit of a um, um, this is a bit of one from left field, but I'm going with it anyway. As a young kid. We used to get, we, and now you, you guys had work, wide world of sports. We had world of sports, and uh, w- w- world of sports, should I say? And it had the rock diving from Acapulco. Oh. They used to show. <laughs> they used to have the. They used to have the speedway. The speedway. They used to have that ice hockey, which we never saw. World's you know, strongest the, man. Like the 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 Montreal Canadiens and all that. Yep, you know, yep. like, wow, the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. How good is that? But what, what, the ultra marathon boy. One guy sticks out for me, and 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 this guy transcended sport. He transcended everything. He was one of the most famous men in the world. 
And it's a guy called Evil Knievel. Oh, my God. <laughs> Evil Knievel is my last pick. Uh, oh, pick. How many guys, how many guys as Mattel... Uh, did, did, how many yep. sports guys yep. did Mattel make? Make you remember the you remember the, the remember the wind up the wind up thing for his oh, bike? Do I remember them? That my auntie Annie and Nana sent them every Christmas, and we wait for a parcel. For evil can evil, and and you know oh, you know man. what what it was the, the the guy was an enigma, an absolute enigma. You know, from Butte, Montana, Butte, Montana, and a, a little guy from Butte, Montana became one of the most on a Harley Davidson. one of the most famous guys in the world. Yeah, Harley Davidson, heavy as old. And probably flip. became more famous for his stacks than actually making half his jumps. And um... absolutely. And and I remember and and as a kid, I was about seven year old. Seven year old. Mm. And uh, 1975, just after West Ham had beaten uh, Fulham in the cup final, about two or three weeks later, Evil Knievel's at Wembley Stadium. 90,000 tickets were sold. 90,000. And he jumped 13 buses on a big, heavy Harley Davidson bike. And he he broke his pelvis, I think, this time the other. But he walked out. He he, he walked out. It was like carried, you know, one at either side. He walked out. Never forget the guy. And there was a brilliant, brilliant documentary with um, um, one of the guys from Top Gear. Um, Richard, you know the little, yeah. uh, the, the, you know the little Richard, mouse. Not Richard Hammond, is it? Richard Hammond, hamster. Yeah, the hamster. Brilliant documentary. If you get a chance to watch it, it was in the very end years of his life. He was on oxygen for emphysema yeah. and what have you. But but you know, I think I think a guy, as I say, Butte, Montana, one of the most, and became one of the most famous guys in the world. Everyone in the there was a very few sportsmen in them days that the whole world knew. And, and, Muhammad, Muhammad Ali was one, Evil Knievel was two. And you're talking about um, that's an unbelievable call, and I really appreciate the fact you have. And I love the fact we didn't know each other's list tonight as well, which made it even better. But uh, in, in terms of Evil Knievel, would there be things like crusty demons and all those kind of things now? There's no way there would be if it wasn't for someone like Evil Knievel. Absolutely, he was. It was. It was an absolute trailblazer. And let's not forget, he jumped over. A, you know, when Jaws came out in 77, 75, 76, he jumped. He jumped a a, a massive pool full of money. He literally, sharks. he literally fonzied it. He jumped the shark. He jumped the shark. Snake Valley, Snake River Canyon, Snake River Snake Canyon. River oh Canyon. my god! Uh, the guy. And, and I, I urge anyone who's listening to this. Urge anyone who's listening to this. Do some research on Evil Knievel. YouTube it. Yeah. Look up documentaries. Look up the films. The guy, man, he, he, they'll never. But what be about it. the people, Sean, who don't need to do the research because they'd be like me sitting here, just smiling, going, "Dude, that's." I'm smiling you know, as what well. I wish I'm smiling as well. No, I feel really bad now. That 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 is so awesome, and it's got. Visions of Action Man and his yep. little helicopter and I mean, how, many, all that how many sports guys had Mattel make make bloody toys oh, of him? Exactly right. So John, <laughs> John, we can rebuild him. Bring us home, mate. Bring us home. What what do you got down as your number one? Look, I've got very fond memories of um, being a child in Queensland and and the main sport in Queensland in winter was rugby league and. I remember being about 10 years old and I wasn't allowed to stay up. It doesn't seem to happen anymore these days. Remember kids got sent to bed at 7.30? Oh, God, yeah. Going to bed at 7.30 and before stuff was on telly and and Dad coming in and telling me that, you know, 
uh, it's good news. Uh, Queensland won the state of origin. And I was like, wow. And I was like, I had to go to that. And I, I went to many state of origin games at Lane Park and, and my dad, who didn't like sport, and I've said this over and over, mum and dad, and dad would drop me off at Lane Park, a big crowd, walk in and I'd, I'd go and see the game and come out and I saw Great Britain against Great Britain against, you know, Australia there. And, and I saw, I used to love the Brisbane Rugby League and my favourite sports person of all time, the guy who I idolised as a kid and to this day I've met him several times and I would get down and say, man, I love you, is Wally Lewis. Oh, yeah. He's, to me, is the greatest sports single. To have a whole sports franchise brought in for you because you know, they couldn't compete against you. If you go on with this little doco on YouTube, and I, I chanced upon it a couple of weeks ago, of Wally Lewis's 1984 year, and what he did in that year, before the Broncos were even in the comp, when Sydney was the number one competition, but, you know, Brisbane was doing its own thing, to pick up teams in every level and win not just the state of origin and not just win as the Australian captain – and not just that, but to pick up a team of dudes from other places and beat this, the top club team in the country, yep. the guy was out of this world, man. And he's my number one. There isn't any question in my mind. Well, that's a br- absolutely brilliant call. And um, not, you know, uh, not sure listeners would know this or not, but I'm uh, being diagnosed with epilepsy over the last few years. And it's, you know, greatly affected my life. But someone I've turned to for inspiration in that stakes has been uh, Wally Lewis because he's been a massive advocate for epilepsy and uh, absolutely, and he's donating his brain uh, at the end of his life for epilepsy research, and I'll be doing the same. Don't tell me it won't be due to uh, to head knocks and so forth. So a little bit of a shout out to Danny Frawley, who one of the first yeah, I saw that this been... week, mate. CTE, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a number of us who've played uh, contact sports who, um, you know, I'm. 100% donating my brain for CTE and for um, epilepsy. That's research. what got John Charles as well, isn't it, Sean? Yeah, they believe What's that, that mate? Yeah. Didn't that get John Charles as well? Uh, it, it was. CTE? Uh, well, it, it, this was this was before CTE was. Yeah, I think I think there's, there's Jeff Astle, John Charles, you, you name it, there's that many. There's that many. The, the, un- um, the unfortunate thing with CTE is that they, they have no process at all um, to be able to diagnose it, uh, uh, diagnose it unfortunately, until, you know, until post-mortem. Yeah, so yeah. I'll be certainly diagnosing my brain, whether it's going to be uh, any value to it or not. But uh, on, on a, on a, just, just following on from that, though, on, on a lighter note, uh, I'll never forget the first when I first came to Australia in 1990 slash 91, watching the State of Origin series, and and the game at Lang Park where I think it was Michael Hancock, and uh, not Michael Hancock, uh, Michael O'Connor, Michael O'Connor, oh. <laughs> and in one of the games, in one of the games, he ran into Big Mal, and mm. Big Mal just picked him up. And just, <laughs> Flung him to the floor, and he was like, his face was looked like he'd been in a car crash, and 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 that was the first thing I thought. I thought, oh, that was a big hit. Secondly, when they were playing at Lang Park, and Michael O'Connor was taking a a, a conversion from the sideline, and I'd never seen out like it. I said, they're throwing full cans at him. Those cans are full. <laughs> yeah, that was the game I was there that night. Mad. That was 
Those cans, awesome. those cans a... were full. They were full. Well, they, 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 if yeah. one of them had a hit, I mean, that would have killed him. Ah, they were cheaper back then, though, so you could afford to uh, to lose them. But, guys, that's one of the um, – I, I love tonight. That was a fantastic list. I love the, uh, the, the fact that none of us – uh, knew what each other had down. We might have guessed a couple of the people in there. Um, so, for any suggestions from listeners in terms of lists that they want, whether it's teams or jerseys and so forth, um, we love doing this kind of thing. I think our next podcast might be about uh, our favourite sporting movies of all time. I think we'll go down that path. A lot of people have, but we'll do that again. We've been Love Sport Podcast. John, Sean, absolute pleasure. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to us on another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. I'm Paul, your host. You can get me at Paul underscore football on Twitter. We can get John on Lambic Peach. And we can also get Sean at Hunslet Wine. So follow our conversations on Twitter. You can also follow us on We Only Pod When We're Winning, our special football podcast on Facebook, and also have to love sport. We are Love Sport Podcast. Mm-hmm.